Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow. Wow. I love that song. I can't sing that fast, but I love that song. Wow. Uh, I was I, I was watching and joining in in spirit, but uh, <laughs> Lacella Ingram, will you join me on stage, please? Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about God talking to us. God talking to us, and I got a testimony I want you to hear. Lacella shared this with me, and I I knew it was something that the congregation needed to hear. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead. You just want me to start talking? Yeah, huh? just do it. <laughs> Thought about doing this. But before I tell you my little story, I want to tell everybody that I love each and every one of you. Mm. I love River of Yeah. Been here about 15 years, no, 13 years, 14, something like that. Anyway, I have grown since I've been here, but. I want to tell excuse me. I want to tell you about uh, it's been a few years, maybe twenty five. I was golfing with a friend of mine and she's a prayer warrior, really good prayer warrior. And when we walked playing golf, we would talk. And she was always saying, Well, God told me this or God said, and finally one day I said, Terry, why is it that God talks to you and he doesn't talk to me? Terry looked at me and she looked down for a minute and she looked up and she says, I don't know, but I'll ask him. (laughs) I said, okay. Well, about three weeks later, we're walking down another fairway. And she said, by the way, LaSala, God told me that he does talk to you. I said, what? She said, yes, and you're just not listening. I said, huh? She said, you're so busy in the world that even though you've got a good prayer life, as soon as you finish talking to him, You get up and go to work. She says, he needs some time. Listen, and you'll hear him. It was uh, life-changing for me. I hope maybe for some of y'all, give God his time to listen. Okay? Thank you, sister. That was awesome. God bless you. That was awesome. Now, the scripture backs that up. So I I just want to share with you some scriptures 
that will validate the testimony you just heard and help you to understand that God really does want to talk to you personally. Uh, you may want to jot some of these down, and I'll just hit them very quickly, but John 10, 27 through 28 says, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Amen. And then there's Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, we do know there are a lot of different ways that we hear. And uh, we know it can be through prayer. It can be through Bible study. Uh, it can be through the preaching of the word. It can be through the soft prompting of the Holy Spirit. But the fact is, we need faith, don't we? And the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Jeremiah 33.3 3 is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. We used to call this the Lord's phone number. But this is what it says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God says, if you'll call out to me, I'll answer you. And then there's John 14, 26. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then a couple chapters later in John 16, 13 through 15, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So when the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, it's coming straight from the throne of God. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You see, the Holy Spirit is all about teaching and speaking and declaring and communicating with us the will of the Father. Now, here's a prayer that a lot of people pray. I've prayed this before many times. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just telling you there's a better way to pray. We often pray this way. Lord, please speak to me. I've prayed that prayer a hundred times, I'm sure, in my life. If you've ever prayed that prayer, hold your hand up. Lord, please speak to me. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I do want to tell you there's a better way to pray. Here's the better way to pray. Lord, please help me hear what you're saying to me. See, because the problem is not him speaking. The problem is with us hearing. And that's the reason Jesus repeatedly in Revelation 2.29 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, you can hear. God's always talking. God's always speaking. And God wants us to hear his voice. He wants the Holy Spirit to be able to communicate with us. But we do have to cooperate. Now, I know many of you have family 
prayer times and Bible reading and devotionals, and I commend you for that. Uh, you are making a difference that will last for generations. Uh, keep reading your Bible with your children. Keep uh, praying with them. Keep talking about the truth of God's Word. But I just want to encourage you to take it to a new level with your children. And that is, start asking your children on a regular basis, what is God saying to you? What is God communicating to your heart? Now, you, you may go weeks or even months, and they may not respond at all. But I can tell you, if you keep asking that question long enough, they'll start believing that God wants to talk to them, and one day your children will start telling you what God is saying to them. And no matter what you say to them, and that is important, and it will make a difference, and it will lay a foundation, but I can tell you the life-changing uh, support that our children need is they need to hear from God themselves. And, and so I want to encourage you to encourage your children to start hearing the voice of God. Now, how, when, where does God speak? Let me answer that question. How, when, and where? However He wants to, whenever He wants to, wherever He wants to, God speaks. That's how it works. He's God. You can't put limits on Him. He's the God of the universe, and He can do it in any way He so chooses. There's a, a passage in Romans chapter 1. You can just make a reference of that and read it later. But there's a passage in uh, a portion of Romans chapter 1 that teaches us that God speaks so clearly. Now listen. God speaks so clearly even in nature that we are without excuse. The voice of God is so loud in nature itself, in the very creation around us, that we are without excuse. Uh, think about nature. Think about how complex it is, how beautiful it is, um, how intricate, how fascinating nature is. This is the handiwork of God. And God speaks through nature. And, and Paul actually said, there's nobody on the planet, nowhere, that has an excuse. God makes himself known. He speaks. He speaks through nature itself. I want to read something to you. These are some notes from a previous sermon a long time ago. But uh, I read a book. In fact, I read this book twice. It was written by Francis Collins, one of the world's leading geneticists. He was the lead scientist in the Human Genome Project that mapped out our human DNA. Some have called it the greatest scientific breakthrough in the history of the world, and it's happened in our lifetime. Did you know that if you tried to read your own DNA code, the code that's in every cell of your body, that this Human Genome Project mapped out. If you tried to read your own DNA, if all the letters were printed out on paper, and you started reading it, and you read one letter per second, and you started reading, and you never stopped reading, you read all day and all night, never sleeping, reading straight through, it would take you 30 years to read your own DNA code. This is pretty complex. 
What a scientific breakthrough. But they finished the, the human genome project where they mapped out our entire human DNA. And at the conclusion of that project, there was obviously a celebration in the scientific world. And on July the 14th, 2006, standing in the East Room of the White House, Francis Collins, the guy that wrote the book, stood by the President of the United States. And the President said, Today, we're learning the language in which God created life. We're gaining ever more awe for the complexity, the beauty, the wonder of God's most divine and sacred gift. Those words spoken from the White House. I I love that. Francis Collins was standing by his side. This is what Francis Collins said. It's a happy day for the world. It is humbling for me and awe-inspiring to realize that we have caught the first glimpse of our own instruction book previously known only to God. And after the mapping out of the human DNA, this geneticist, Uh, one of the most intelligent men on the planet, was so moved by this, he sat down and he wrote a book. I hope you'll take time to read it. Now, it's not easy, feel-good reading, but boy, it is powerful. And he called the book The Language of God. The Language of God. And in his book, basically, what he says is your very DNA, your very makeup, how God created you, it shouts, it shouts out an amazing language of God. Only God could do something like that. I, and by the way, now think about this scientist. Don't we hear about the scientist and the atheist and we hear about the non-believers? But I want to tell you, there are some of them out there, they believe. And this man came out of this project with stronger faith than ever before, believing in Jesus Christ as his own personal Lord and Savior. Here's one of my favorite quotes. He said, I believe in the literal rising of the body of Christ. It's the cornerstone of my Christian faith. Man, I I love this. He spent years mapping out the human DNA and he comes out. Believing with all of his heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. This is one of my favorite quotes by Francis Collins. I kind of laugh when I read this one. God is an awesome mathematician and physicist. (laughs) He is. I don't care what the field is. He's at the top of the field. He's the one who knows it all. He's the omniscient creator of the universe. This is His world. Everything in it is His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It belongs to Him. And what I want to tell you this morning is the language of God is everywhere. Your very body, the trees around us, the animals in the trees, the earth itself, the sky, the stars, the heavens, it all shouts with the language of God. It's all around us. By the way, if you think that's a stretch, listen to this. It comes out of Psalm 119. I love this. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language 
where their voice is not heard. There's no place on this planet where God's not speaking. He's talking. He's sharing. He's communicating how awesome He is. God can speak to you in a million different ways. And He will. And sometimes it's very deep. It's very complex. Sometimes you'll just know something and you won't know how you know it. He'll reveal something to you and it won't make any sense on a human level. And then sometimes it's just third grade simple. Some, sometimes it, it, God speaks to me in real simple ways. I've got this thing figured out. Since I'm not a Francis Collins, and you're probably not either, God just speaks to me in real simple ways. Because simple people need simple messages. And, and God, God just speaks to me. Now, I'm going to share an illustration with you, and I just want to very quickly kind of cover myself before I share this illustration. When I share this illustration with you, you should not get upset with me unless you are a strict vegetarian and never eat meat. (laughs) If you never, ever, ever eat meat, then you can get upset with me just a little bit. Because you do know that when you eat meat, something, something died. And it, and it wasn't roadkill, I hope. So, so years ago, I, I had me a garden, and I, man, I was so proud of my garden. I'd planted me a garden, and I could see it uh, from a kitchen window, and I could look out. And, and if you're a gardener and you've ever planted a vegetable garden, you know how exciting it is to see those, those first buds, those first little green sprouts coming up out of the soil. And I'd go out and drink my coffee in the morning. I actually had a deacon tell me one time, he, he, said, he said, if you really want to get close to God, plant you a vegetable garden and get you a cup of coffee and go out and just look at it every morning. I, I think he was on to something. And man, I love my garden. And one day I went out and about that much of my garden was gone. I mean, it was up about like this and everything was just nipped off right at the ground. I was so upset, I didn't know what to do. Next morning, about that much more is gone. I went on a, I mean, a continuous watch. I have murder in my heart. It wasn't at all what I thought. One day, I looked out in my garden, and there he was. There was this huge, now I know the correct name is tortoise, but, but I grew up calling them gophers. There was this huge gopher like this. I mean, his shell's like this. And he's just sitting there. He's eating my cucumber plants. He, he, he's eating my squash plants. In my raids, because I had never actually thought about how you kill a gopher. So the first thing I did is I grabbed my machete. And my thoughts were, I will, I will go out there and when he sticks his head out to take a bite, I'm going to take his head off. He's about to give up the ghost. And I take that machete out there 
And I am serious. He's there just chomping, and I, I slipped up on him, and I draw back, and about the time I start to go down, his head goes, whoop. <laughs> he just pulled his head right in the shell. And, and so then I kind of bumped him, and that didn't help, so I just backed off and waited for him to stick his head back out. And when he stuck his head back out, I ran up there, and once again, just boom, head. And I'm trying to think about how I'm going to kill this gopher. And uh, so help me. I'm making this up. I'm standing there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And don't you think for a moment the Holy Spirit won't deal with you and talk to you about real little simple elementary things of nature. The Holy Spirit said to me, why do you think I gave him that shell? Why do you think I gave him that shell? I gave him that shell to protect him from predators like you. (laughs) And then the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, but I've given you a shell also. It's not the same kind of shell, but I'm your protection. I'm your place of safety. I'm your hiding place. I'm the shell that you are to hide in. And, and you, you, have to, you have to keep coming back to me. You, you have to trust me. And, and, and I want to tell you, after that experience, uh, the Scripture just started coming alive to me. And, and I, I started memorizing some things right out of the Bible. I developed a, a statement of faith. You probably didn't know where it came from, but for years you've heard me reference this statement of faith. He's the arm I lean on. He's the rock I stand on. He's my shelter from the storm. He's my hiding place. He, he's my refuge. He, he's my strength. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my shield. He's the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold. He's my redeemer. And I'm just as serious as I can be. I was inspired. By the way, I didn't make any of that up. It all comes right out of the Bible. But I was inspired because of a shell <laughs> on a tortoise. But it taught me something. By by the way, I never did kill him. (laughs) True story. Actually, my children were real small, so I wrote my son's name on the back of the turtle and took him to a deacon's garden and put him out there. (laughs) I won't ever forget showing up at church one day and a guy walks up to me and he said, Why is there... A gopher in my garden with your son's name on the shelf. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't imagine. Yeah, that just doesn't make, doesn't make sense to me. I'm trying to get something across to you. My preaching should touch your heart. The teaching that comes out of this church should move you and should sway you and should influence you. But your growth in grace, your comprehension of God, you coming to the place that you know who you are in Christ will never happen until you start hearing the voice of God. Until you can hear it for yourself. 
Well, when my, my children were, were small, no, I take that back. They were older, they, but they were still living at home. I was up in the woods one day cutting some firewood. But, by the way, anybody in our modern day and time who's out cutting firewood n- needs some psychological help. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to insult you. I built a new house, and they said, you want a fire? No, I do not want a fireplace in my house. I want an electrical bill. That's what I want. <laughs> no. No, we don't cut firewood. I, I did it one time in my life. It just didn't make sense. And I love those of you who think it does. But I was out cutting firewood one day, and I cut an old dead tree down, and that tree fell down. And then I took my chainsaw and I started cutting it in about 16-inch, 18-inch blocks. And I was cutting it. And I made one cut. And when I made a cut with that chainsaw, something rolled out of that log. There was a hollow place in it. And something rolled out of that log. And it, 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 it looked like a bird's nest. And so I reached down and just kind of tilted it over so I could see. And when I tilted it over, you know what was in it? Squirrels. Three little baby squirrels. They barely had hair on them. I mean, they were just little bitty things about this long, still pretty slick, just getting a little bit of fur on them. And then I picked one up. And when I picked picked the little fellow up, I realized it was not just squirrels, it was a flying squirrel. And I had three little baby flying squirrels. And so I put them back in the nest, and I, and, and I put them in the, the vehicle, and I brought them home, but wh- what do you do with them? So then we made a quick trip to the vet, we bought some formula, and we took an eyedropper, and I held those little babies and my children helped, and we all, we would feed them every day with the eyedropper, give them that formula. Man, those things started growing. It was, it was amazing. And you're talking about, listen, I don't care about dogs, but if I could ever get another flying squirrel, I'd get <laughs> I love flying squirrels. Listen, they started growing. We had a, we had a little pen, but it, it didn't even have a top on it. So they could get out. And those things started growing. And then finally, they were almost grown. And we would take them out in the house. And it is an amazing thing. If you've never seen this, they would perch up on my shoulder. And, and we'd put them up on top of furniture. And they would sail off that furniture. And they would hold their hands out and the skin. They would just glide through the house. And then they, we would pick them up, and we would play with them. And, and then I'm thinking, okay, what is the right thing to do? And you're just going to be so proud of me when I tell you this. The right thing to do is to introduce them back into their natural habitat. Right? So, so what we did is, is we, we built a pen outside in the woods. We built a pen, and I built it around the tree. And I mean, we labored in this thing, except what we did is we, we cut a hole in the top of the pen so that they were in the pen. There would be food. There would be a place of protection, but they could get out anytime they wanted to. 
and we put them in that pen. And, and we were, when we were getting ready to put them in the pen, I thought, okay, well, the first thing we'd do, let's just take them outside, make sure this thing works. So uh, we took one. We took one of the little fellows, and my son was with me, and we had a sycamore tree in the, in the backyard. And I put him in at the base of that tree, and he climbed that tree. And he got it real high. Never been that high before. And then all of a sudden, we saw it. It was spectacular. It was about dusk. He sails out of that tree. Has his wings spread. Oh, it, I, I wish I'd had a camera. I wish it was just the most beautiful thing. But what I realized is he was so high that when he sailed out, it just, he just went, seemed like forever. And they don't actually fly, but they can kind of move themselves a little bit. And he just, he glides and he glides. And then all of a sudden, I realized that he was going too far and he was headed to the woods. And I screamed at my son. I said, Kyle, turn him off. Get in front of him. I didn't want him to just run out in the woods. And when I screamed, when I screamed, it scared him. And that little fellow turned around on that ground and he ran just as fast as he could and he jumped up on my pants legs, ran up and sat on my shoulder and got real close to me. <clears throat> Hear me now. I, there's something about that scene that I meditated on so many times. I thought about that. By the way, we eventually did get them in the cage and they did get acclimated and it worked out. But I thought about that experience. And one day the Holy Spirit said to me, why wouldn't he run to you? You fed him since he was a baby. You, you've nurtured him. You've held him in the hollow of your hand. He's familiar with your smell. He's familiar with your breath. You're the one constant. You're the one absolute in his life. You're his protection. You're his help. When he's scared, why wouldn't he run to you? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, why would you not run to me when you're in trouble? When you're up against something that's too big, out of your control. Why wouldn't you run to me? I've got to tell you, friends, just that, that little experience. That, I, I hate to have to tell you this, friends, but more than once I've had to run. I've had to run back to that place of safety. Uh, and, and, and I wish I could say to you I never vary, but sometimes I do. I, I've got one more story I want to tell you, and then I want to give you a challenge. Uh, and, and my problem with preaching this sermon is I've heard God so many times in so many ways that it's just it's mind-boggling. But when we were making transition to here, to this location, to this property, to the dome, we were, we were uh, getting ready. We, we had already built the dome. We were getting ready to build some of these other buildings. We still had a building in Sopchapi, and, and we'd had it on the market. We were trying to sell it, but we didn't have any buyers. And one day I'm on my face, and I'm praying. And out of nowhere, now this is the complicated stuff because I can't explain this to you. I can't figure it out. I can't break it down. But, but I was on my face. Nobody was home but me. I was on my face. I was praying. And God spoke to me and said to me, sell the church 
and stop chopping. And I didn't say this out, out loud, but the first thing I, I thought was, we're trying to sell the church in stop chopping. And then I sensed the Holy Spirit say to me, I didn't tell you to try. I told you to do it. And then immediately, I don't know how this happened, but immediately a figure dropped into my mind, my spirit. And do you understand that the God of the universe that could write a DNA code in every cell in your body that would take you 30 years to read if you read it out loud, He can do whatever He wants to, speak to you any way He wants to, drop anything in your spirit He wants to, bring to your knowledge anything He wants to. He's God! And he dropped a figure into my head and said, sell it for this amount. And then the Lord said to me, this is not your church. It does not belong to River of Life. It has never belonged to River of Life. It is mine. And you will do with it what I tell you to do. And I I know this sounds strange, but there's validation in this. And then the Lord said to me, sell it to the Methodist church in Sopchapi. That was what I heard. So the first thing I did is I got up off, off my face and I got, I, I got in my vehicle and I, I called my son and I said, the Lord told me this morning to sell the property. He said, Dad, we're trying to sell the property. I said, the Lord didn't tell me to try. He told me to do it. He said, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, drop the price to this number. And when I said it, he said, well, it'll sell for that. He said, you got any ideas? I said, yeah, we're going to sell it to the Methodist church. And he said, okay. And I said, but don't do anything. Because, you know, I can't make these decisions on my own. So we had a church board meeting. And we sat down with the board. And the board said, okay, if you're sure. I said, I'm sure. I'm positive. The board approved of it. So I contacted the Methodist church. I took them over. In fact, I actually told them, I said, you're going to buy this building. They said, no, we're not. And I said, yes, you are. (laughs) So help me. That's a... I I went and picked up a member of the church, took him there, and I said, you're about to buy this building. He said, no, we're not. We're going to build a new building. I said, no, you're not. I said, God told me you were not going to build a new building. You're going to buy this building. This is his church, and he wants it to always be a church. He laughed at me, and he said, said, you sound mighty confident. I said, I'm telling you, God said you're going to buy this church. And uh, so he said, okay, how much you want for it? I told him. I said, you call your building committee and you tell them that God said, you're not going to build, you're going to buy this church. And he said, well, I'll try. So he called them. They called me back. They said, meet me over there. I won't ever forget. I go over. They look through the building. And then the chairman of the building committee walks out in front of the old River of Life church and he sits on the steps and he pats it. He says, sit down here with me. Is what he said to me. He said, oh, I want want you to answer some questions, and I want you to be honest with me. I said, okay. He said, who have you been talking to? (laughs) Have you ever been in one of those conversations where you knew that you were the one person in the conversation that didn't know what you were talking about? (laughs) Who have you been talking to? Well, I talked to a lot of people. He said, no, 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 no. Who have you been talking to about us and about our building project? I said, nobody, nobody. I said, I was just on my face praying, and the Lord told me, y'all were going to buy this church, you're going to buy it for this amount, and that we were to sell it to you. And it was his church, and it's supposed to stay a church. 
Don't you, by the way, don't you just hate it when there's a church on the street corner and maybe they enlarge and they go somewhere else and they turn it into a shopping center? There's something about that. I think, I believe this, I believe this is holy ground. And if we ever move somewhere else, somebody else ought to pick up the banner and carry it on right here in this place. He said, you haven't talked to anybody on our building committee. I said, no. He said, how did you know? And I said, I said, how did I know what? He said, how did you know exactly to the dollar how much money we have in our building fund? I looked at him. I didn't come across real spiritual. I said, you're joking me now, man. I said, that is exactly how much. He said, to the dollar. That is exactly what we have in our building fund. And I said, man, I didn't know that. I said, all I know is that God dropped that number in my spirit. And the Lord told me y'all were supposed to buy it. And uh, that's what this is all about. By the way, they bought it. They're having church there this morning. I've been there for musicals. It, and, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's wonderful. And it's Christ. I, I'm, I'm trying to let you know that we serve a sovereign God. We serve a mighty, awesome God. And He will talk to you. He will tell you things that you couldn't possibly know without Him telling you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll show you the pathway. And that's so important. I, I'm, I'm just asking you, is God talking to you? Are you too busy to listen? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty to hear from God? Listen, I want to thank you. You come and listen to me preach and Brother Bill and Brother Chuck and Brother Derek and, and, and other preachers. And man, that makes us feel so good. But God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. And he wants you to be hungry and thirsty and longing for him. There's a, a chapter in the book of Psalms that's very near and dear to my heart. And this is how it goes. This is King David. He said, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your loving kindness is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking on you and meditating on who you are through the night. Because you are my helper, I will sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Oh, friends, I'm asking you, are you hungry to hear his voice? That's what God wants. So I'm challenging you today. If you're not doing these things, it's time to start. It's time to start praying, really praying. It's time to start reading your Bible. 
It's time to get involved in a Bible study class. If you haven't already, it's time for you to join this church. It's time for you to become a a tithing, supporting, faithful member of a move of God. It's time for you to start doing something. Find a place of service in the kingdom. But don't just stop there. Take it to a new level. Take it to a place where you are hearing from God yourself. And where God is speaking to you. And you are hearing His voice. Uh, There's about four or five folks in this church that every week they're sending me texts. Listen to what God said. Listen to what God's doing. I want to tell you, sometimes you may not need to come to church to hear a word from God. Sometimes you may need to come to church because you've heard a word from God and you're full of a word from God and you can't wait to share it with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I honestly believe that the New Testament church was not about just a group of people coming and hearing one person speak. I believe they got together and shared their faith. They shared what God was doing and how He was speaking. And they came and talked about all the things that God was doing in their lives. God wants to speak to you. God wants to talk to you. God wants you to hear His voice. And God wants you to move at the impulse of His voice. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.